0: One second. It's Jasper. And this is Jamal. Welcome to Niner Talk with Jasper and Jamal. We are your co-host. We are excited and looking forward uh, to 49ers content with you guys. We appreciate you guys for coming out. Um, yeah. So Jasper, how are we doing today? How are you doing, man?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Ready to uh, ready to get this uh Get this going, and uh, it's been a long time coming, man. Shout out Croc, man, for uh, yes, you know sir. giving us the space, man, to uh, you know talk about what we love to talk about, man, and uh, just happy that you know whoever's in here and and you know ready to get this rolling.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's like you just said. Shout out to Croc for giving us the opportunity, uh, get our names out there, get our podcast going. Niner Talk, the best talk. I'm really excited about it. Um, let's start off with. I want to start by going over some of the injuries that that Shanahan talked about today. And I want to start with uh, Trenton Cannon. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Seahawks. We'll also look back, uh, talk about the Bengals coming up, coming forward. Uh, But first and foremost, you know, shout out to Trenton Cannon. He's he's doing okay. He's stable. Uh, He was able to return to San Francisco. I believe it was yesterday. Uh, Neck and spine concerns were the concerns that we had based off of that first play. Uh, He's stable. Like I said, he is in concussion protocol. So that is something to look out for, but I did want to just start with that. Praise God that he's doing okay. And he's able to make it back home. So that's the first injury. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, Shanahan said today, Mohurst, he's out with the calf. He didn't practice. Uh, Greenlaw out with the groin injury. He didn't practice. Uh, Debo Samuel. Also groin injury, no practice yet. We'll see if he plays this week. Uh, I'm sure you and I will get into that a little bit later. We'll see if he does. Maybe not. It's a tell, uh, telltale sign that he didn't practice today, though, as well. Elijah Mitchell, that was an interesting one. So concussion, concussion protocol. I believe it was Daryl Taylor that hit him in the Seahawks game uh, across the helmet. But also a knee knee injury as well came out today. That's a knee irritation. And Shanahan said that he's considered day-to-day Uh, And he's hoping that he'll be able to practice tomorrow. We'll see what happens with that. The hope is that he'll be able to practice tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll get into this as well, too. Brian Hill was signed today from the Falcons. Um, Maybe that is with this injury in mind, considering now that Jermichael Hasey is the only true healthy back on our team. Uh, Let's see who else. We've got uh, Emmanuel Mosley, high ankle sprain there. No practice as well. He's probably going to be out for a few weeks. Uh, Jeff Wilson. He had a knee flare up, so he was limited today in practice. Alex Mack and Trent Williams were the last two. Um, they didn't practice, but it wasn't injury related. I believe it was just a vet day. He didn't yeah. say it was, but when guys like that are normally out, you know, we consider yeah. those vet days. Yeah, I'm not worried about those guys at all. No. So, overall thoughts on on the injury so far? Uh, nothing
1: too surprising other than Elijah Mitchell's knee flaring up. Um, Right. You know, we didn't expect that. We expected him to be in some kind of concussion protocol, even when, you know, he came back into the game. Uh, He did come back into the game after that. Uh, But either way, you know, just how the league is now with with head injuries. You know, I I expected him to be in some kind of concussion protocol just didn't obviously expect him, you know, to have, you know, a knee issue flare up. But uh, my gut tells me he'll play um, and they kind of just signed uh, was it Brian Hill.
0: Brian Hill. That's correct. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think they just kind of brought him in uh, because you know you don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Wilson, and then you obviously you know don't want to go into a game with you know potentially just you know hasty, um, right? As your your lead back. So uh, from what I remember of him, I I think again he he, I remember him with the Falcons. I I think he's also been with the Titans since then as well. So Mm -hmm. um, again, just sounds like you know just a a journeyman and kind of just somebody they you know wanted to get in just. uh, you know, for precaution and and, and for depth purposes. Right. I don't, I don't expect too much from him.
0: Right. I actually don't expect too much as well. I'm wondering if if it's not too serious with Mitchell and he still plays, will he make will this guy be cut? Will will Brian Hill end up being cut? It also kind of depends on what happens with um, uh, Jeff Wilson as well. Right, right. What's his I'm status going to be? Is he going right. to play? And if Hasty, obviously we know he's the healthiest back right now. Will he continue to play? Will he be healthy? Right. I don't know if he'll be. He might even end up being the kick returner this week. I'm sure we'll get into special teams here in a few minutes and stuff. But right. um, this seems to be, to me, so far like a uh, a preventative measure. Totally understand it. Um, we'll see what happens. It's what is today Wednesday. It's a few days till the game. I totally understand the signing. We'll see if he's here long term or not. My gut tells me probably not. We'll know more
1: tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow's the, today is the real practice day. Tomorrow's Mm going to be, tomorrow and Friday are always going to be like your lighter walk through days when you're going to, when you're really going to know like who's actually going to be in and who's out. You'll know, we'll know by tomorrow who's playing. We'll know if Debo's playing. We'll know if, most likely if Elijah Mitchell's playing. We'll know if, you know, Jeff Wilson, those guys that are of on on, on the brink. We'll we'll know for sure by tomorrow if they're playing. Right.
0: Absolutely. Um... So let's see here. Oh, thank you for the contributions that are coming in. Let me see if I can display display some of these. Newbies over here, guys. It's not showing it. I'm seeing them in the chat. (laughs) Let's see if I can show this one. There we go. Wishing you all much success. Appreciate you. Thank you, Raymond. Appreciate that, brother. I'm seeing a few others in here. We got Chris, my guy Roscoe's. Appreciate the love, guys. It's so uh, wild. Like how like, the community, ahead,
1: like, then. yeah, man, like the community. Like, it's just, you you know, you, you talk to some of these dudes in spaces and just like, right. man, the love is appreciated, man. I appreciate all y'all, man.
0: You got uh, Sean up in here. <laughs>
1: right, man. I appreciate you, big dog.
0: We appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, there's I'm nothing like. I, like known, 49ers I might have known
1: some of these dudes for maybe like a few weeks, you know, and that's and facts. And that's then, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's not this isn't like a, it's not like a established, you know, uh, relationship with any of these, you know, these, right uh, people we communicate with on a daily basis in some of these spaces, man. So right, to, so just to see some of it's the, like uh, a family, and it's humbling. Yeah, it's extremely humbling, man. Well, I, I really appreciate the support and, and appreciate it, y'all, man. It is, and yeah. it's good to also have. It's good to hear different point of views and, and talk to people who don't necessarily have your same view on the team, have your same uh, outlook on, on how things are are going right now or how they're going to be in the future, you know, right. Um, but to still see the love and support either way, regardless, man, is, is, again, it's just a really, really humbling, humbling feeling, man. And again, I appreciate Absolutely.
0: all y'all. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, as we transition here to talk about the Seahawks game, uh, obviously there's some points and things that we want to talk about, but I want to first get your, your main takeaways and your general reaction to that game. What are your, what comes to mind when you think about the 49ers versus the Seahawks and what you saw on Sunday? I mean,
1: more heartbreak, just add that to the bank, add that to the jar of this, the, just the house of horrors that that has been since 2011, 2012. Like, facts. you know, I, that one's up there. That one's up there with the, you know, the 2013 MC Championship game. That one's up right. there with, and just, just off of, not with that what what was at stake. Those games actually, that game obviously had way more at stake. Right. Um, but just like the feeling, I felt back then, like okay, we're better than them. I felt like even though these teams have been going at it, like it's a rivalry, like that was at our peak. They were at their peak, mm-hmm. but. I've still felt like at the end of the day, even as just even if I was an outsider looking in, like, nah, this this Niners team is special. Like they're better, we're better right. than them, you know. And I remember how I felt watching the get his knee tore up, and you know him losing mm-hmm. the ball, and they still gave it to the Seahawks, but then we still ended up getting it back. At the, you know what I mean? Like just the, right. the back and forth that those games were. This one felt like that to me. Like yeah, it was drunk. Had, it had all those, <laughs> it had all those emotions, and this team, neither of our teams are obviously what we were back then. You know, almost a decade ago. But you still had that feeling like this is gonna this is that right yo yo yeah you know what I mean like this is gonna be that that feeling of, of I'm gonna get my heart ripped out at the end of the game for whatever reason and 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 ironically yeah as the Seahawks are driving to pretty much put the game away
0: and right of course
1: you know Aziz makes an incredible play gets us the ball back And then I'm thinking immediately in my head because it already happened a few times in the game really, oh we get a we get a stop. But we're on the, you know, we're on the one yard. We got to go, ni- go 90. <laughs> right. so, but, and of course, just when you don't think the Niners, you know, they're like we're not going to be able to Then they drive down the field, yeah, go do. 90. And then, of course, you know, get stuck at the goal line, you know, and just come up a little bit short. So, you know, with that right. said, you know, it was it was heartbreaking for sure. It was tough for me to talk afterwards. You know, anybody who knows me knows how much I love my Niners. And, and I don't sugarcoat anything, you know. Facts. Uh, all this started with with. With me, I used to go. I used to go, you know, on on Twitter rants, Mm -hmm. you know, and and certain uh, based off certain draft picks, and and Croc used to have to, you know, calm me down a little bit, and that's how all this really started. This was about probably about four or five years in the making, man. Mm -hmm. Me and Croc used to go back and forth on Twitter, right? And um, you know, we obviously we had a relationship outside of that, but um, you know, he he knows how emotional I get, and so after that game, it was it was definitely tough um, because I knew they not only. Would it have been the icing on the cake to so kind of end their season? Um, we also needed the game to kind of solidify ourselves, you know, nicely in that sixth, that fifth, sixth,
0: seventh uh season for the playoff spot. Right. Um, it's like we were trying to hold pace because with the Rams, right? Exactly. Exactly. We still right got there. a
1: little bit of help. Even though we still got a little bit of help on Sunday, the Lions beat the Vikings, like things like that. Yes. Like we did get a little help that helped us out, but it's still like, you don't want to, you don't want to be six and six right now. Like now this Mm -hmm. game is coming up this weekend is even bigger than it would have been. Had we won coming in seven and five, like you have, you feel like you might've had a little bit of momentum and and some room to breathe, which now you feel like you basically got to win out. So I felt like with that said though, I do feel like they did a lot of things. They did a lot of good things. Um, they exercised some demons in the sense of, uh, I don't, you know, having somebody like Kittle really establishes dominance again. Right. Unfair. Well, before we get At to end- the
0: positives, before we get to pot, let's do yeah, yeah. the negative so we can end on a positive note. One hundred percent. Yeah,
1: it was a tough. It was. It was tough. Like it was. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. You know. You know, you would have liked them to not turn the ball over. You'd have liked them Absolutely. to stir up some of the special teams things. You would have liked. uh You know, there's some goofy calls on Shanahan's part. We hadn't seen that in a few Mm -hmm. weeks. He's kind of been, I wouldn't say in his bag, but he's been calling really good games, especially for Jimmy. um, These last few weeks on the win streak, you know, Uh, going back to the Rams, going back to the Rams game, he'd been calling a pretty good game. He had some questionable calls, uh, you know, this, this past weekend, didn't cost him the game, but we'd like not to see those things. So. Um. Yeah, it was a tough game. It was. It was. It was definitely a tough game, man. And it didn't. And it. And it didn't have to be. You know, that's the thing. It didn't.
0: Have it to didn't be. have to be right. And that's that's really what it comes. I'm. I'm so glad that you said that. It didn't have to be because that's what I. That's my takeaway from this game. This was a game that I really feel like the Niners lost. We gave the Seahawks so many opportunities to win that game, yet they gave us opportunities to win the game as well. They had four turnovers, and we had three seven turnovers in one game. That's a lot. And yeah, I understand it's a divisional game. So those things are going to happen. I totally get that. But that first half from the beginning of the game, from the very beginning with, with Trent Cannon. And then the Seahawks, I don't, I don't remember if it was a three and out. I don't think they necessarily went three and out, but on that first, fourth down a trick, uh trick, uh punt play to Homer who scores a touchdown. I'm not personally mad at Brandon. Ayuk for not making the tackle because I didn't really expect him to. He's not like a safety. He's not like a corner. Um, you know, he did his. I don't want to say. I don't want to say whether he did or didn't do his best. I just didn't expect it, and we didn't defend it very well. So since we're talking negative first, yeah, that's my first concern is the special teams. Uh, it wasn't just that play. Obviously, uh, you can go back to the Vikings game. We gave up a lot of uh, kickoff return yards in that game. Kenny Wangwu. He had a kick return touchdown in that game. Um, special teams as a whole has been not very good this year. Um, obviously, we can look back at Travis Benjamin. You know, he fumbles the ball away first play. Second half, uh, Seahawks get the ball. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo gets the safety. That's not special teams, but that's another two points there as well. Uh, let's let's think about. Um, so yeah, that's just the main. The main takeaways from special teams is we gave them too many opportunities. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't impressed with that. And I would say at this point, I'm not calling for anybody to be fired or anything like that with, with Hightower, but I can't be surprised if his seat's a little hot. Um, I'm not sure if you're able to hear the press conference today, but there was questions and he didn't run. He didn't run from any of the questions that were asked. He said, you know, it starts with me. I respect that. I like that he said that, you know, it starts with me. I gotta get these guys prepared. I gotta get them in the in better positions. And I know we've talked to a lot of these people here on Twitter Spaces. One of the things that I've said, I actually mentioned it earlier today as well too, is when it comes to special to special teams and it comes to the returners, one of the concerns concerns that I have is that we've had different returners back there, whether it be the kickoff uh, kickoff coverage or kickoff returning, punt returning. We've had the uh, Mohamed Sanu's. We've had the Brandon Ius. We've now had the Jermichael Hayes. We've had a lot of turnover. We had the Travis Benjamins as well. It's been a lot of different returners. For me, obviously, I don't play – I haven't played in the NFL or anything like that, but I got to assume that there's some sort of uh, consistency a player may need in order to, you know, get a little bit more comfortable running those plays. I personally have been one of the few that thought – and I actually – I honestly thought Simba Webster was going to make the team. I thought he had a good uh, – I thought he had a good preseason. I know he had a couple turnovers. I think he had two turnovers. Talked to my guy Roscoe's about this a couple days ago. So yeah, he's been prone to cough up the ball as well. But I just thought he brought a little bit of extra juice to that. Go the ahead. Thing, so, so what you mentioned
1: is every guy you mentioned plays snaps on offense. So I think Kyle right. going into that, I don't think Kyle saw Simba Webster or somebody he would have that I would have actually taken snaps that would have actually got on the field during the you know got on the field you know and, and um, and played offense so I think the way he was looking at it is you know kill two birds with one stone if I'm gonna have absolutely somebody, if I'm gonna have somebody who could return uh,
0: right.
1: so I can't fault him for that for you know especially after you cut a Richie James after you cut a Simba Webster like those are the two you know those two guys right there are two dudes who you would strictly just kind of see as return specialists spe- specifically and right. I think Kyle was just trying to get over on the, and and I brought this up in the spaces early in the week is Special teams aren't looked at the same way like they were in the early 2000s to even the right. mid 2000s, where you just have a guy that's designated. You don't have your Ted Gins anymore. You don't have your Josh Cribbs anymore. You don't have your, uh, um, you know, uh, Tomorrow, have, you. Your, you know right, right. Don, your Dante Halls. Like those cats were return specialists. Like that's what they did. Like they barely right. saw the field on offense. Now, I don't know why, but it, the game was a little different back then where you didn't necessarily value a return man and then also the return guy also wasn't your biggest playmaker he was just a return guy who right. made plays returning the ball but he necessarily wasn't necessarily your biggest player it wasn't always Devin right. hester was an outlier in the sense of he was but like for the most part your return guy also wasn't your best playmaker right now the 49ers best playmaker is debo samuel right they're not gonna have there now they have put him back there in sp- and and uh, like a couple times, you're right. Periodically, just mm-hmm. to see if he could pop some. Every now and then, like even Odell when he first came in, that, just got to say that. Right. Nowadays it's spot duty. Your best player can be a a keeper. Djack D Jack when he got in the league, he mm-hmm. was still returning punts. But as he became morphed into the wide receiver, one for Philly, right. they're like, all right, we have to, you know, be be a little more cautious with how we're putting him back there. You know what I mean? So that it's it, it's. And now the game has even moved to the point where, again, there's barely any kick returns because they've moved it back. So Kyle's like, why am I going to value a roster spot
0: with somebody? This is just me thinking for him. And, and that's, my that's my point, though. That's my point right there. I, I think, right. Philosophically, I just disagree with that. I do think that this year has shown us why there's
1: a lot of hidden yardage in, in special teams, 100%. You're right. But how and much? So for me, me, I don't, don't value yeah. the, enough to justify a roster spot, though.
0: Right. Um, I, I personally like Simba to- Webster. I know he's only been in the league since 2019. He's jumped around. He was with the Rams. Obviously, I think, I think now he's with uh, the Bears. Yeah. Um, so he's and jumped I, around. I totally I, get it.
1: Ideally, you want a guy like DeAndre Carter, like the Redskins have. The Niners did have a few years ago. You I say exactly Jamal Agnew.
0: I say uh, Jamal Agnew.
1: Or, or Agnew. Because ideally, those are guys who, again, get spot duty on offense, but also are your right. return specialists. You know what Absolutely. I mean? That's Absolutely. ideally what you want. Kind of like how they've done with Richie James over the past few years. And he only started in games where he was pressed into duty where you had your IUCs and your Debo's out. Right. But for the main Bay Packers, was,
0: we remember that from last year. Right.
1: And and I honestly thought they underused him. But I was like, they could at least get him, try to get him the ball and maybe spare Debo on some of these plays that they do all these reverses and, and uh, tunnel screens. And even I mean, they've got it to him. I think the Arizona game right. a few years ago. They got it to him when he wasn't, he was like a wide receiver three and wide receiver four, I think in that year. And they right. still were designing plays. They would get him the tunnel screen. He popped the tunnel screen for like uh, sixty or fifty yards. And broke that. Uh, I think they were down. They were desperate, and they and they just like, hey, he's you're a playmaker. Let's get you the ball, like right. Um, but you know, again, I, I just think that it just really comes down to them all. Like they're not going to. Uh, at this the way, the league has changed with that. They're not going to. They now they might, after this year, seeing that's my how question. They have struggled now. They might value it a little more, but I can't see it being valued too much more. Like, it, it's just not a position of value, it's more of a luxury to me, to be honest with you. I think it's a luxury more than a necessity. Like, if you have somebody that could pop one, great, but ideally, mm-hmm. like he was even before they got Richie James, I want to say they were cool with just putting uh, not Trent Serfield, but uh, uh. Mini Wes Welker 2.0. My God! Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And uh, Trent, Taylor. Trent Taylor. Trent Taylor. They were cool just putting Trent Taylor back there. He was, wasn't was going to break He never was going to break it, but you know what he was going to do? He was going to catch the fucking ball. And the Patriots would do that all the time. Wes Welker, when he was there, and Julian Evans, they're just going to secure the ball. You're not worried right. about popping one. You're literally just worried about somebody making a fair catch, knowing how to judge. We see Ayuk. IU. Ayuk's going to have sure hands and he catch it, but he, he's still in between. He still doesn't really know, okay, should I field this? Uh, anything with exactly 10 yards. He's still struggling with that. So You can see it's not as natural. And that's why, you know, again, it does. it It, it does help to have somebody back there that is experienced and essentially a return specialist. But
0: that's my whole point. I think yeah. at the end of the day, I think philosophically, I just disagree with having a guy that can do that. I think you should have a guy that can do that. You can go look at the Patriots. Nobody nobody would know the name Gunnar Olszewski if he wasn't a good returner. He's honestly a really good returner. They actually I think the Patriots actually value those things, the small things. I just think the Patriots are a team that values all of these small things where sometimes I think Kyle Shanahan doesn't necessarily value those. Like you said, you want to kill two birds with one stone. I actually mm-hmm. You made me think about this. When you when you brought up Trent Taylor, I think the ultimate plan was to have him probably still to this day be that guy, but injuries got the best of him. And clearly Andrew, now and lack like of
1: production when he did play. absolutely. And I'm absolutely sure if he if he was still he was good off there third down, down. If he was still the third down monster moving the chains like he was when in twenty seventeen when, when Jimmy first got there, and he was him and Jimmy had a great chemistry. And I was at that Jags game. I was at that Jags game and um uh was cracking Jacob. Um, I was at that Jags game, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, like, uh, Trent Taylor could be
0: something going forward. Oh, yeah.
1: Watching him getting out of his break. His short area like,
0: kick quickness was elite. I exactly. Really so. and he,
1: he moved – and not, like – I mean, that's a low-hanging fruit comparison, but, like, not to just keep comparing him to Wes Welker, but he reminded me a lot of just the things that Wes Welker would do, and that's why Jimmy trusted him so much on those third downs. Mm-hmm. Even the third down, I think it was the game uh, in Chicago, Jimmy's first start when they right. – uh, uh, I think it was gold that, you know, kicked the game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. Trent Taylor had a big catch down the stretch. Is was, was like, a, it was, I think it was over the middle. He, and he, you know, took it all the way, I think took it into like uh Bears territory. And that was when I was right. like, hey, he could really be something. And I think, yeah, to your point, I think ideally, yeah, Shanahan would just be getting away with just having his fourth or fifth receiver on the depth chart Um that's taking a roster spot essentially, but can still play if I need him to right but ideally just return um but yeah we, right. we, we don't need to beat this dead horse too long man special teams yeah. obviously a struggle you know with this team right now um
0: I, I think not said it best I, Ambry has a chance to do that I just don't think, think that they, they want him to use him that way to do that. I think you they think so
1: him, he, I, I think I hope they, so. they drafted I think him could. in the hopes of molding him into that cornerback two or three
0: mm-hmm. um
1: Playing behind Verrett, right, playing behind Verrett right now, Quan and E-Man. Right. And but then still having him active to return punts, because that's what he did at Michigan. Absolutely. So, I believe And he might he probably, have
0: the juice to do it. He very well might. We'll see. Right.
1: And I'm still not sure why they haven't tried him. I, I, I don't he, what he does defensively should have nothing to do with what he should be able to do when it comes to the return game.
0: Absolutely. I,
1: yeah, I'm I'm as that's one that has had me like, really, Kyle? Like. He, he can't. Yeah,
0: lot, if he's, he's not going to be, yeah, yeah, we can leave that one alone. We'll leave that one alone. But the last thing, yeah, the last thing I say here in regards to special teams is, as you had just mentioned, with with Brandon Ayuk, he's still learning some of those things in terms of when do I field it, when do I, when do I, you know, just fair catch it. And in that regard, you can look at our uh, second half starting drives. I wrote them down here. We started the first uh, the first drive our own three, but that one was due to K1's interception. On Jael Everett, he got that one. The next one was our own eight, an Ayuk fair catch. Um, Jermichael Hasey came in for the third one. He caught the ball at the seven yard line, returned it it to our thirty. The next one, a four yard return, a negative four yard return by Ayuk. He caught the ball at the twelve. He was downed at R eight. And then, obviously, the last drive was the uh, not the interception. He was on a rock and a hard place. He he was was on a rock
1: and a hard place because that ball it actually bounced and just took off. And You're right. He saw, take, he saw it taking a Seattle bounce, and he's like, fuck that. I'm scooping this shit. So at, least <laughs> tried, at least he try to get back to, like, the 10 or something or the 15 or whatever. He just happened to obviously end up getting tackled. So, But
0: that just goes back to my main point of just the inconsistencies of having a different guy back there. I think a rhythm has to be kind of put into place for some of these guys. That's the last thing we can say about the special teams there. Um, continuing with our trend of negative so we can get to the positive. Give me your reaction to Jimmy Garoppolo in this uh, specific game.
1: Nothing. I, and I said that in the spaces earlier today, like before I hopped on here, uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. We learned nothing. Nothing was changed. Like, right. It, it was like fucking groundhog's day. That was the same interception that we've seen him throw before. He missed, he misses you. Use, use check on the exact same fucking play that he always misses him on. Like literally does the same thing every week. I didn't, Going to that game, or after the game, I didn't wasn't like, damn, Jimmy's horrible. I knew that already. And then when, <laughs> he made, when he made nice throws, I wasn't like, oh, damn, Jimmy. Like, I, no, I know, I know he can make those throws because we see good Jimmy, bad Jimmy every week. I didn't right. go in. I I didn't take anything from that game. That was the exact same Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, he has not gotten any better. He's not gotten any worse. He's yeah. Just, he's just the same. But the old saying is, if you're not getting better, you're technically getting worse. So agreed. With that said um. You know, he, he is what he is at this point, uh, which is why they did everything they did in this offseason to get from, out from under him. But we're still here and you are still under him. And it's weird and it's it's not ideal. And if everything isn't perfect for him in the game, we see that he struggles. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. With that said, they got to be perfect going forward and everything has to be perfect around him uh, for us to make a run. Saying like, that. like it was in 2019. So. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. Um, it's frustrating to see him make incredible throws and it's frustrating to see him miss layups, you know, like, right. Uh, it's it, 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 but that's literally who he's been this entire time. So, uh, and that's,
0: I hate, I'm not trying to say I told anybody. So, cause I, I don't know more than any of the next person, but this has been what we've been questioning. Obviously we won what our last three, we won our last three. In what fashion? Well, we've been able to run the ball. We haven't had to get out of our game plan and excuse my French, but I've been saying we haven't gotten to any of those. Oh, shit games where you have to change some of the things that you want to do. We've been able to run the ball 40 times. We've been able to run the ball 38 times. We've had Elijah Mitchell, who's been able to run the ball 28, 30 times a game. I uh, games. I don't ideally like him running. That much. I like I like him. I like Elijah Mitchell a lot. And I like that he's getting a bigger workload because maybe he is that bell cow. But my question is 30 times a game, a game, 40 times a game. I don't I don't like it that much because I only think there's maybe a couple guys in the league that should be doing it that much. And I can think of a Derrick Henry, a Jonathan Taylor. That's a whole nother discussion. Let me not get too far off yeah. of, of Jimmy Garoppolo. What I what I want to say about Jimmy is Like you just said, this is what we've done. This is Jimmy. When things don't go perfectly, how is he going to respond? You know, he had to throw the ball 30 times. I think he completed 20 passes, uh, 20 out of 30 for what was it? 299 and 181 of those went to went to George Kittle. Shout out George Kittle. He had himself a game. Uh, We'll get to him in a little bit later. But my question with Jimmy is, hey, Teams want him to throw the ball 30 times. I sent out a, I sent out a tweet actually uh, two, three days ago saying, any team's game plan for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, let's stop the run or at least neutralize it. Uh, let's get the 49ers behind the sticks and let's force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball uh, 25 plus times. We know he's going to throw us one or two. I truly think that's probably what teams think. If right. we can get, if we can stop the 49ers run and we can force Shanahan to make Garoppolo throw the ball, we can probably get one or two that he'll throw to us. If that happens, hey, one one play, two plays, one interception, two interceptions, that may be just enough to win a game. And when it comes to the Seahawks, I don't think the Seahawks are a very good team, but they've been opportunistic. And with those opportunities, you get shorter fields, which has allowed them to, uh, to score and get their points. The only one I can remember that was a longer drive was at the very end of the half I think it was – we had scored right after the two-minute warning. I think they got the ball back with 140. They drove down the field. That was when we had the untimely penalties of the uh, unnecessary roughness. Shots yep. to the head to to yeah. Wilson. The yeah. only difference there – I think that might have been the only drive that they had that truly went all the way down the field. Yeah. And they scored with, what, 15 seconds left to D. Eskridge, and they were picking on Lenore. Let's be real. So why, That was when the Lenore came in.
1: Can we talk about something real quick? Why, yeah. Why is the – why is the narrative because if that's the narrative for Jimmy, as far as if you're the other team, mm-hmm. you're game planning for the 49ers, mm-hmm. it's yeah. yeah, let's make Jimmy throw the ball around. Why isn't it? Why isn't that why isn't that same energy for Joe Burrow? And he leads the intercept leads the NFL in interceptions. But we don't you took mean, my point.
0: You done, took my point. I was gonna bring it to up too. I did agree I? with you. I agree oh, with you. Okay, that's wild.
1: Yeah. And and folks, we don't we didn't really have a crazy production meeting before. We don't we don't even talk. That's wild. I agree with like, you on I'm that. Just thinking, because I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> like hearing that, and it's like, why is that same energy for Joe Burrow? And he leads the NFL in interceptions, but we don't. They, hear well, that. if you want to be I'm real, hard. we can
0: talk about that real quick. There's and, a lot of guys this year who are giving up interceptions and not necessarily, and that's, and, that's
1: a, and that should be and that's and that's credit to Kyle because he knows what he has and he also knows what he doesn't have. So he tries to play to Jimmy's strengths and tries to stick with that and also his offensive strength and his best strength is. Not turning the ball over and running the ball, so right. let's take the ball out of Jimmy G's hands. So those numbers would probably look a lot different if he was just saying, "Oh fuck it," like Jimmy, do what you got to do, and let's just throw the ball around. Like yeah, Jimmy's interception numbers would probably be a lot higher as well, which they do give right. a lot of leeway to do that because he also has dogs out there to do. Not to say that Jimmy, doesn't. you got to throw but, the ball, yeah, exactly, yeah. They have you know they invested a lot in the receiver, obviously you know the past few years they 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 went high with receiver picks three years right. in a row I think. So. um yeah, and it's 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 just interesting. It's just interesting that the narrative isn't let's make Joe Burrow throw the ball around, which it, it might be. We don't hear these discussions. It I truly be. don't
0: think it is. It probably isn't yet. But with Garoppolo, he's he's proven it. I think time and time again, he will toss one or two to you. The one to Quandre Diggs, he had all he did was stand there. That was the bad throw. And Jimmy, I mean, hey, to his credit, Jimmy told you it was bad. He said, "I forced it in there." He actually said this today. I forced it in there. I should have been patient. The one to Wagner, I think he said, um, I also have to be patient again, too. I needed to let Wagner clear out. He he didn't clear out as quick as I thought, so I threw it. To me, those are two inexcusable ones, and we see especially that a little vet. bit more than yeah, we should see it. Vets, and that's why they decided vets. to trade for Trey Lance.
1: Yeah, especially the for a vet. They know what they have in him. Yeah, and Yvette, like, come on, bro. And, and the the one that was more egregious was to dig just because it was, a, it was on first down. It was on first down. It not was only bad. was it on first down,
0: the check down. also
1: had just Elijah Mitchell check that like Brady hits that all day. Like it's just so it's just right. so it's just not, it's not even a thought. It's like, okay, it's first down. Let's get these quick eight to 10 yards real quick. Like, right. Not, not throw it in the triple coverage. Like the game is tied at this point too. Like that. I can't wrap my mind around the second one at all. And I don't even want to spend any more time thinking about it. Well, I mean, to your point,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think to your point, sometimes we maybe just don't need to find a way to justify things and just say that was just a bad play.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Sometimes we got to call a spade a spade. And if it's just a bad play, it's just a bad play. You know, it happens. Um, Let's see here. Um, I had another. So let's talk about Emmanuel Mosley's injury and the cornerback situation as a whole. Give me you your thoughts on that. Obviously, it, it was a big loss losing Mosley. I think the whole tenor of that, to- that game changed when he went out. Lenore came in. I remember looking at the screen and saying, oh, he's about to throw this to DK. Uh, yeah, Lenore's in press man coverage. Lenore doesn't have the foot speed that DK has. This probably isn't going to be great. Boom. I think uh, DK got the ball uh, reception all the way down to the two. Uh, and then they scored after that. So that early thoughts player. on the Emmanuel Mosley injury. What do you think what do you see uh going forward? Should he be out for a few weeks as is expected? And uh yeah, just the cornerback situation as a whole.
1: I'm I'm hoping he's not out for the season, to be honest with you, bro. I've had mm-hmm. a high ankle. I've had a high ankle and it's 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 a legit six to eight weeks. Like if it's sure. an, if it's an extreme high ankle, yeah, it's a legit six to eight weeks. It, it pretty much ended my sophomore season in college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was it was it but I also had like tiny micro fractures. so hopefully it's nothing like that. Um, high ankles are tough, though; they're tough, man. And it's you know, you know, ho- hoping for a speedy recovery for E-Man. I, I what I will say is, um, what I will say Thank is, you, Pat. I appreciate you, Pat. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily changed the game. Only because, again, we still pretty much, you know, we, they did a, all things considered, you mm-hmm. know, with Norman, Lenore, uh, who the, the rest of the secondary that was healthy. They did a pretty decent job on two really, really good receivers. Now, DK's yeah, numbers haven't have the past five weeks have been, you know, unlike DK. And a lot of right. that's because of dealing with. Russell being out and having, you know, Geno Smith as your starter offenses over the offense overall for Seattle has been out of sync for a while. Um, that's, you know, that's not a mystery. Everybody knows that. Um, but I even with say, even with
0: Russ back the past three games, it had been, been, right. been right, which is fair. I'm not even going to fault Russ for that. I would expect right. that as he's coming back from injury. So for me, because Russ man. is Russ, I'm not mad at it. I just was surprised to see when Mosley went out. I felt like that was the only time that their offense somewhat started to click because they had been real stale. I think for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I'll say that, but, but again, like I said, I don't know if it changed too much with the imprint of the game. I'm not going to just say, "Oh, Eman's out." Of the game was nah, because I, I still think the defense was still playing at a pretty high level. If mm-hmm. you go back and watch the play where Bosa sacked Russ, uh, the second one where he uh, the sack fumble, the sack fumble. If you go back and yeah. watch that. That sack happened because there was incredible coverage on the front sure. end and the back end. There was incredible coverage. Russ was actually trying to throw that ball quick, very quick. And he mm-hmm. looked, it wasn't there. He looked his first, he pumped, uh, wasn't there. He looked again. I think he tried to hit something deep then. That's when Bosa hit him. Right. So that to me, I'm because Bosa didn't just, Bosa beat his dude, but he didn't beat him. Even, like immediately. even had he beat him, had he beat him, but what Russ was looking for the first time was still there, he would have mm-hmm. been able to get that ball off. It wasn't there because the coverage was good underneath and up top. So I'm gonna equate that to the secondary playing a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Um okay. also some of those other some of those other hurries were you know, Russ had to either get out of the pocket or he was had to throw the ball away. Like they did decent on DK mm-hmm. with a physical animal and a freak. He caught a few slants on like third downs, which he's going to do because he's just a big body, like you're not gonna stop. That's literally right. a layup, right? But other than that, they did a pretty decent job. So I, I'm not going to just go as far as saying, you know, when E-Man went out, that changed, the, that completely changed the dynamic of the game. Now, going into this game without E-Man for an entire game, this is a different animal. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Boyd are boys. They're good. Like, they yeah. are legit boys. At minimum,
0: they're, they're good. good. They're nice. <laughs> they're,
1: they're a very, yeah. very good trio. Like, they're messing with the, the Cowboys trio, like, for sure. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. They're 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 nice. They are very, very nice. They doubled down Friday on receiver, Friday. which not a lot of not a lot of organizations just do from a standpoint mm-hmm. of okay, we got this franchise quarterback, we've already got two really good receivers in Boyd and Higgins, they're emerging. Um, they're usually gonna lean on the side of let's go get him some protection, which everybody wanted them to take Penny They didn't fall for it, they didn't fall for it, they're like, nah. We got this dog at LSU he happens to be Burrow's boy. They happen to have a lot of kids. He's chemistry. still
0: his boy. <laughs> we're going
1: to go. Right. We're going to go get him to and double down on these weapons that we have and make our QB happy. And that's what they've done. And that is a scary, scary thing to go into. They're also a very hungry team and a young team that don't know no better. That's also a scary thing because you're going to a young and they're in an environment where, okay, we just lost the game, but they're so young and they're hungry. Like they're not going to be down on themselves. So they're going to be like, all right, well, our net, who's our next meal? And so they're going to be looking at the Niners as their next meal. They're going to be trying right. to be like, okay, we need to, you know, we need to sp- spray the ball around. They're, they're weak in their secondary. That's our strength. We need to go at that. So, with that said, coming into this game, I'm not going to say E man's injury was the difference in the nine in this Niners Seahawks game, but it very well could be going to uh, Cincinnati.
0: I agree. I don't think it was necessarily the difference with us winning and losing that game. I just felt like it, it, it started the Seahawks offense. Not that they did anything great because they still were kind of sputtering around having short fields. They just took advantage. This was one of the weirdest games to me because I just felt like they took advantage of the opportunities we gave them. Yes. We had three turnovers to their four, but I just saw them take advantage of that. So I still didn't feel like they went down the field except for the one right before the half, which I think to be totally honest, I think we were playing soft coverage, to ideally at most give up three, which would have been 17, but they yeah. still gave up the touchdown. I think that yeah. was probably the goal. So I'm with you in the fact that it didn't change. It didn't change the outcome of the game. I just felt like it gave them a chance to kind of get into somewhat of a rhythm. And that's gave all. That yeah, gave them confidence.
1: Yeah, it gave them confidence for sure. Good yeah. One, for sure.
0: So um let's see, what was the other one? A couple more. Um, did you want to talk? Did you want to mention anything about the the penalties? What were you thought about the penalties? I had listed it down as just self inflicted wounds. I think that was Uh, the reason the Seahawks won this game. We had our own.
1: Yeah, the self inflicted wounds. The self inflicted wounds don't hurt as much if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, 100% a very weird game. And to go along with that, the self inflicted wounds hurt, but they hurt so much more when the other team isn't being called for the very, very obvious penalties. So that's what mm. I'll say. And, again, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about I was about told it. we weren't allowed to talk about refs. I didn't want to, right, because so I didn't want to sound like a homer. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, the touchdown at the end of the half that you just brought up is a very obvious hold on our man. I can't pronounce his name. The guy the guy we got from Houston.
0: Um, Charles Omenihu.
1: Yep, right, 92, yeah. right? He's number 92, right? That's correct. Very, 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 very blatant hold right in the middle of the field, not yeah. called. Uh, not Countless times that, obviously, Bosa gets held. That's frustrating. Um, I, the obvious Trent Sirfield, uh, you know, defensive P.I. in the back of the end zone or a hole, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they should have had the ball first and goal. So when you look at take those things, things into consideration, uh, yeah, the Niners were definitely sloppy. The Niners Definitely had some personal foul calls and late hits on Russell, and they definitely had some blocks blocks in the back. Trent Surfield, right. uh, They definitely had a, a, a hold on a Jeff, a nice Jeff Wilson run. Like they definitely had false starts, which are which are going to happen up there with the twelve. It, right, it's just what happens. However, when the other team, it's just magnified when the, you just feel like the other team isn't really getting called for some of these. It hurts. It, it right. definitely hurts, and you know. But that's all I got to say about the penalties. I I firmly believe. Had some had the game been called a little more like even. Then I think it's a watch I mean, when it comes to those and those and those penalties that we just mentioned aren't really the as big of a deal. and I'm not even thinking about them, but if yeah. you're thinking about it and they're magnified when you just feel like the other team just isn't getting called for them You know what I mean? So right. At the end of the day, that's just what it is.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't want to. I hate talking too much about it because like you just yeah. said, I don't, I don't want to seem like a homer either. I did think that some of those calls were. Let's use the sports the sports term that a lot of us, you know, commentators use is egregious. I thought that some of them were egregious. I thought that there were a few. Uh, in my personal opinion, I really did think that Sidney Jones hold at the very end of the game on third down to Trent Sherfield. I thought that was a hold. In my mind, when I first saw it, I, when I went back and looked at it, and I watched the replay, what I thought was okay. So, if he's running, let's say for example, he's trying to get to the pylon. There was no way he could have got there because Sidney Jones was holding on to him the whole way. He Obviously, he stopped he and an arm, turned back. He had his arm hooked and everything. Correct. Yeah. He had his arm hooked. And so I was like, How can you not how can you not call that? And I know some people had been questioning, well, I really don't understand why Jimmy Garoppolo even threw him the ball there. I'm gonna to be totally real, and I think that was a great throw that Jimmy threw there. And I think Jimmy knew and saw that he was holding yeah. on to Sid- Sidney. Jones yeah. was holding on to him. So I thought Jimmy was hoping to get the uh, the call. I yeah. still thought it was a good attempt by Trent Shurfield with his one hand. I yeah. just personally felt like that was something that should have been called. Some people disagree. Some people don't like it. But in my head, I cannot shake the fact that when I look, right when I looked at that play, I said, if he's trying to go to the pylon, Sidney Jones literally impeded him from getting there. And obviously yeah. Trent Shurfield stopped, turned back in towards the middle of the field. But I'm yeah. just like, wow, that's a hold.
1: The narrative. The narrative would have been – who knows what would have happened in that game? The narrative could have been so different this week, right? Had that been called, so oh, I agree, I agree. So I agree, I agree. First yeah. and goal at the one. <laughs> First and goal at the one, and I also honestly think they're going for two. I honestly think they scored. I did too. Two. I, I did too. Think. So we
0: can we can switch to that. I I, I yeah. thought they were going for two as well. Your thoughts on that? I think I thought will let you explain it because really? you. I heard you explain it the other day, and you did a, a good job with it. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so uh, the way I look at the the game flow, and again, you know. For a lot of people who don't know me, I'm very, very superstitious. And I don't, <laughs> I was just talking about this in the space the other day. I don't live tweet. So I'm, I'm you know, now that I'm I'm in this content, you know, making content, now I'm going to try to start doing right. better with my Twitter. I'm not very active on Twitter um, unless the Niners do something awful or, or have an awful pick. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I. That's when I, you know, get on there and and, you know, express myself a little bit. But during the game, don't talk to me, don't text me. <laughs> uh, I'm at the, I'm at the crib by myself watching the game. I don't go to bar like none of that. I'm that guy. And so usually when they're, uh, Sursky, Sursky, big shout out Sursky. guy. Um, oh usually when they're in the game was not getting out of hand, but I was getting frustrated with the game and getting frustrated hearing the 12 and also getting frustrated hearing, uh, Kevin Harlan on the call when shit, when, and every first down <laughs> they get, it's just looking more bleak and more bleak. So right. I mean the TV. So i muted I muted the TV on that last drive the Seahawks had. Then we get to then we get to stop and get the fumble and we're driving. I still have it on mute, so I don't know what they're saying on the mm. broadcast. But in my head, the feeling I had, the energy I had, was the way they were moving the ball, which they were doing. They're just I was like, fuck, like where has it been all the whole second half? They're just moving the ball right. like fuck it. We got you know we got to score. So whatever happened earlier doesn't matter. They need to score right now. So when I'm watching, mm-hmm. I just got the sense and the energy that Kyle. And the way Kyle was milking the clock also. Um, right. PTSD from the Packers game, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, Russell Wilson is obviously Absolutely. very capable of doing the same thing. So the way I looked at how he was managing the time, because he didn't want to give them the ball back with any time left. Um, I was also feeling like, OK. He's going to go for the win here because right, right. you don't want to go to overtime in Seattle. The old notion is when you are on the road, you play for the win, you are at home, you play for the tie, you're in a hostile environment, you're against your rival, you wanna really, really stick it to him. I, I I feel like he was about to, you know, grab his nuts on that one and and and, and really just be like, all right, this is it, we're gonna end this right here. And right. unfortunately it didn't work out like that. They obviously didn't score the touchdown. Um, he had a really good play called up on fourth and goal. You know, I gotta give it to Kyle on that. He had, a, he had, he got, he got transfer field wide open. And what was even crazy about that play was they were sitting. The defender was actually sitting in the flat, right on Trent Sherfield, but then went with Kittle because it looked like they were going to triple or double team Kittle. Right. At the very last second, if you look at the replay, he actually just drifted off and left Sherfield sure. wide open.
0: Ooh, and I didn't know did that.
1: Pass, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back and look at it, and he left. That's how Sherfield got so open in the flat because initially he was that was his man, and then I think he saw he saw Kittle breaking, I think to the corner. He and did he actually, like he stopped sinking. He was or he, he sunk back in and, and kind of went back to uh mm-hmm. double or triple because two people were already on Kittle. So he was really they were really concerned about Kittle on that last play and thought maybe mm-hmm. Jimmy would try to force it to him. And that left Trent Surfer wide open. that's who Jimmy was going to. But unfortunately, you know, wow. uh, who was that Dunlap
0: that blocked it? Yeah, it was
1: yeah, so Dunlap walked. Uh, was it Brun- not Brunskill? It was on Compton. It was on your positive was Compton again.
0: Yeah, okay. it was. Yeah. yeah. And but yeah, and that throw was going to Kittle, which I do think I no, mean, you mean I don't want to be a homer. It looked like it was gonna make it there, but no, you not was was Shurfield? Shurfield.
1: No, I'm 100 percent Yeah, I'm gonna need to go look title. at it again. My bad.
0: I missed it. I missed it.
1: He was definitely throwing to Shurfield. That's why I got batted down because he didn't have the because it was Shurfield was on the flat. They're in the mm-hmm. flat and so he would have walked into the end zone. He was essentially in the end, Man. end
0: zone. Man, it's just more frustrating to think about. This uh Trent Payne says, I went to the game. The last drive was the loudest I've ever heard of stadium. Man, so the twelves really get live like that then.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, I ain't had a chance to go.
1: Yeah, not gonna have much else to cheer for the rest of the season, so I get it.
0: Hey, I'll take a shot anytime we can get one. Right. <laughs> um let's see here. Let's switch to the positives. I know there's a lot of negatives that we can talk about, but I do want to switch to the positives. Uh, I've listed a few here um do you want me to open up the floor to you and give you a chance to say or do you want me to say a name and, and you want to respond to that one
1: yeah we could we could do that yeah
0: okay we'll start with the obvious let's go with george kittle thoughts yeah. on george kittle in this game i thought he had a great game i'll let yeah. you take the floor
1: yeah obviously gk did his thing man he um you know he, he proved why you know he, he was at one point the highest paid tight end in the league until right you now uh kelsey went and got his bag but i mean yeah Kittle's was who y'all knew he was man and he's he's Kittle's such a interesting person interesting player and person but interesting player in the sense of he doesn't um he doesn't uh you know uh he he doesn't mind so much when he doesn't get the ball i i said this earlier uh i said this earlier in the space right before we hopped on i was i was just kind of messing around and uh I forget who's, I think it was uh Enzo. Shout out Enzo, yeah, Enzo Enzo Space. And he, you know, we're kind of just you know shooting the shit. And I was we're comparing the uh 2012 Niners to 2019 Niners. I was just kind of, yeah, just just who you know, kind of then we're stuck. We were just first we're comparing teams, then we're comparing individual players. So I was like, you know, Kittle or Vernon Davis, and that was a tough one, that was a tough (laughs) one for a lot of people. And I said, you know.
0: What do you want from your tight The thing
1: about Vernon Davis's mentality versus Kittle's, Vernon Davis wouldn't be okay with, obviously in the beginning of the season when Kittle wasn't getting a lot of targets. And that's one thing that separates those two. Not to say Vernon was selfish. Vernon was just misunderstood in the sense of, I'm really good and I'm I'm one of the, if not the play, some of those Niners. I'm really (laughs) him. Right. Some of those Niners teams, he was the only playmaker, especially before they got Crabtree and, and some of the other weapons they started emboldened. Like before they got some of those weapons they were putting around him, like the early Vernon Davis right. years, like he was the best playmaker on the team. And right. obviously he would voice that if he wasn't getting the ball, Kittle's not going to be like that. That's So that's one thing that I've really admired about Kittle is sometimes in these games where he's not getting, uh, the ball, and he's strictly just used as a blocker, and he's not really involved in the pass game much. Mm-hmm. You don't hear from him, man. And he's happy with pancake, and he like, That's not a facade, and that's not an act. Like, that's how he really is. So, right. to see him then just flip a switch, and oh, Devo's out, bet.
0: Let me just exactly
1: go, let me just go get eight 180 and two tugs real quick. Like, that put the team on my back. Like, type you know, the, 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 the New Orleans Saints, like th- that kittle, like they, right. they channeled channel that kittle when he's dragging defenders on the sideline, you know, and put us in field goal range to win that game. Like that type of shit right there was like, where it's just, it's so good to see that in a big game, hostile environment, your, your, your rival, like that he could just be like, all right, let me, let me just take off, you know, let let me turn into Superman and not be Clark Kent real quick. You know what
0: I mean? (laughs) I actually find that interesting that he has the ability to flip a switch like that. I think it says a lot to me about him as, not just the player, but the person that he is, I think he might be the true ultimate team player.
1: 100%. He's going to sit also- in there and
0: block did, all day long. And then, awesome. like you just said, Debo's out. I need to carry the load offensively. Bet, I got you. Let me go get nine for 181, two touchdowns, because I can't.
1: What? But it's also like Kyle, use him more, a little more often, please. Like You know what I mean? Uh, if they both Delaney at the Walker same time, boy. Kill. Delaney Walker over Davis and kill.
0: You'd be the troll, but hey, he was underrated. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, and that's it, but but it's also like frustrating in the sense of like, all right, like I don't expect you know nine for one eighty and two tugs every game, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like Kittle should be a lot more involved than he is. Debo, are you aside? whether they're healthy or not, like Kittle should always be involved that much. He's that much of a matchup problem. And mm-hmm. I don't think, and and that's the other thing. The Seahawks knew that he would be, a like that's who we would be looking for. And he still right. had that kind of game. So imagine what you should be able to do now,
0: Kyle, with
1: Oof. with Kittle, Ayuk, Debo,
0: helping. It should be nasty. It should be, it should be. It should, right. it it should, should be crazy. Right. If they're on at the same time, who do you stop? Exactly. Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I know some people will say, well, it depends on your quarterback. And you're right. Uh, To an extent, it does depend on the quarterback and the ability to get him the ball. I agree with that.
1: What up, Panora? Uh, VD was a great blocker, too, though. Don't don't sleep on Vernon Davis block. Vernon Davis was was. get motherfuckers, too. Like, don't get it twisted. VD. VD. Has
0: there ever been a faster tight end? I mean, legitimately.
1: Yeah, I would give Kittle the edge on hand. But but now Kittle's first year, though Kittle was dropping everything. I don't know if a lot of people don't remember that Kittle would drop layups after layups. His very first year, right? He got rid of that his second year. Immediately was different. But Mm. I would say hands. I'm gonna give the Kittle obviously speed and athleticism. Vernon gets the nod. Blocking wash. And you would say you
0: would say wash, huh? You would say wash.
1: I'm gonna say Vernon used to beat dudes like i don't a lot of people i don't know if i've seen nobody
0: like Kittle though when it comes to that
1: i think i I don't know i just think the spotlight is just on him so much more because of his personality like but you don't think he's that good no, I'm he's incredible, but blocking, I blocking. Think, I know you, you know, think he's yeah, a good blocking, I just think Vernon was a really underrated blocker just because of how much of an athletic freak he was. He was still very, very strong.
0: Sure. And, oh, and I agree with that. He was that.
1: also kicking dudes out of the club, too. Like Vernon Davis was fair. definitely <laughs> maulsome dudes. So yeah, it, it's closer. Than, I'm, I'm gonna call it a wash. And yak. Fuck, oh man. yak. Ooh. Vernon used to be Vernon would see that's the other thing though. Vernon didn't need yak because Vernon was catching yeah. vertical bombs. Like Vernon nice. was like really catching bombs like a receiver. Like absolutely Alex Smith, Alex Smith would hit him in the scene, or he'd run that wheel route. He, I think he scored on that wheel route twice in the uh yep. the NFC Championship game against the Giants in the pouring yep. rain. Like, yep. like just just perfect bomb. Just like Kittle, that's not one thing Kittle does have in his game. Like Kittle's not really going to just catch up He's are not going to
0: separate like that
1: right he's not going to catch a ball over the top of the defense like vernon would do that like 100%. right
0: right uh t breezy thank you for the contribution appreciate that he says when will kyle shanahan take the bullet for his team and get a fine but call out the officials at the press podium after the game for the non-calls yeah he went yeah. he
1: definitely went he definitely went uh politically correct route he definitely didn't take the bait because they mm-hmm. definitely asked him about that PI. he he to his credit he said it looked as so because I did right. you see that he say, they yeah. asked him about the short and he said that's what it looked like to me so he didn't not say it wasn't a pi he definitely said that's he what agreed it looked like to me yeah he agreed he just wasn't gonna put he you know he just wasn't gonna dip into his bag that's all it was and i don't blame right. him. like if He's got bills he's got bills to pay too, so I don't blame him for wanting to. Nah, you know, fuck that. You know what I mean? Right. I feel you though, T Breezy, but nah, he he said he didn't he didn't say it wasn't. So
0: absolutely, yeah. Um, some stats on George Kittle here before we wrap up with him. So nine catches, 181 yards, two touchdowns, and one rush yard for five yards. I did the calculations and Kittle accounted for 60% of George, uh, Jimmy's air yardage. Also, this was George Kittle's third game with 175 or more receiving yards uh, in a game, which is now an NFL record, breaking a tie with Shannon Sharp. Uh, the three the three times that he did it, obviously, this past Sunday, nine for 181, two touchdowns. The two previous ones, uh, December 9, 2018, So, almost three years ago to the day, that's pretty crazy. That was a win over the Eagles. I can't remember. I forgot to list who we played against, but I think that one was the one against the Eagles. He had seven for 210 and a TD with Nick Mullins. And then the other one was October 4, 2020. That one was a loss. He had 15 for 183, one TD, also with Nick Mullins. And then this past week with Jimmy G. So, so, shout out George Kittle.
1: Who's that? Who was that 15 receptions against?
0: I cannot, I can't remember. I had lists, I forgot to list them when I was looking it up. What was the Eagles, and then the Seahawks was this week. I forgot who the other one was. I can't remember off the top of my head. All good. Yeah, it's all good. But the two other games were with Nick Mullins. I thought that was interesting because when I read that, the first thing that went through my head was, oh yeah, Nick Mullins, he understood the assignment. Give that man the ball. <laughs> 100%.
1: Um,
0: yeah. So moving off, George Kittle. Uh, let's talk about the defense real quick, the positives that the defense uh, uh, brought. I know the first person for me that comes to mind, Aziz Alshire. He had a great game. You could talk about DJ Jones. He had a great game. There's multiple dudes we could actually talk about, to be honest. Um, thoughts on Shire, Shire. Dog, beast. Dog, animal, bro. Animal.
1: Um, I'm not going to give him. I, I, I just think he's, he's starting to. Round in the form is it just seems like the Niners have a knack, you know? They're really, really good teams. Always have a knack for you know, finding that diamond in the rough, you know. Right, linebacker, linebacker. You know, whether it's you know Fred Warner, you know third uh, was Fred Warner, third round, fourth round, uh, third, 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 third round pick. You know, uh, obviously Aziz un- going completely undrafted is completely different. Um, um appreciate you, Tanya. Um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, even going back to you know, Bo Bo was a also like a later round, uh, also third. Was Bo third? Um, Bo was the third out of Penn State. Navarro was also like he was a, a third. He,
0: You're right, he was You're a right. third
1: round pick. Um, obviously, Patrick Willis was, you know, oh, miss, had, yeah. yeah, first round pick out of old miss. You know, you kind of knew what you were getting with P. Willie, but right, but Shire, yeah, but but. But but something that just stood out to me with all three of with Bose Warner and Aziz to me mm-hmm. was those guys were guys that were brought in and weren't necessarily expected. There wasn't much expected at either one. They were, all came in playing, started started off playing special teams, started off way you know bottom of the depth chart and just worked their way up. Um, oh yeah, especially Aziz. And so to see. How far he's come, like those guys right. I mentioned before that had to work their way up as well, to see how far he's come in a short span. Man, is is um, it's kind of beautiful, yeah. right? It's a, it's very beautiful, man. It's, it's a it's a love story, man. It's it's you know it's, it's why you fall in love with sports. It's it's why people love the underdog story so much, man. It's right. You 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 got the guy who's you know fighting and and, and bro, he's been on this team battling like for miles. Oh, yeah. I remember just seeing him on. Kickoff Let's talk and, about it.
0: We can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, seeing him
1: on <laughs> kickoff and. And, you know, you're you're just like, who's this guy you know, his wild last name? He's got a crazy right. name. But but he always stuck out because of his name. You know what I mean? And then even, right. you know, when he thinks he's going to get some signs, then Greenlaw, you know, shows up. And Greenlaw kind of, you know. Stonewall lies, at the one. Solidifies that right. Solidifies that role. And then obviously his next man up, man. tally. when Greenlaw goes down, you know, now he has a real chance to make a name for himself. And right. I remember always just seeing Aziz it's a dude with the big arm brace like I never ever thought about it in the in the long name I was just like all right that, that, that's yeah he's been. he's been on the roster for a while I've seen him right he had an elbow injury
0: before. that was back in college that he right with
1: the big right I just seen with the big brace and in the long last name and, and right you know, <laughs> that, that, that's us that's, that's all he was and now to see him you know all he's right all the work he's put in that's that's coming to fruition man it's a beautiful thing to see and yeah, man, he's taking the ball away too. It's one thing to have just a gang of Thank tackles, you. a gang of, you know, solos and assisted. And, you know, we've had a lot of guys like that, even, even the dude that retired, like after one season, four line, he used to have a ton mm-hmm. of tackles. But it's one thing to have a ton of tackles, but also take the ball away.
0: Mm-hmm. Now
1: he is doing both. Like that is big. And that's the other thing that I was going to take away from the defense. also a positive, right? Is, is they, they're continuing to the train and, and, and taking the ball away. They're going to have to half the turnovers this weekend against Seattle, uh, excuse me, the C- Cincinnati, um, it's going to be pivotal for them to, right. to be able to not only have everything perfect, but also have some things bounce their way for this thing, Absolutely. So, you know, it's coming in as banged up as we are. They're banged up as well, but it's it's going to be pivotal for them to continue that training and, and, and getting turnovers like they've been getting
0: um, the past, you know, uh, four or five. Right. Games. Absolutely. And just to close out on uh, Aziz, 16 tackles. 11 solo. One tackle for loss, a half sack, <laughs> a forced fumble. Should I have mean, had a pick. Should have should, a pick. exactly. Scat stuff for a playmaker underneath, man.
1: Get those hands underneath. almost had
0: the underneath. pick. Let's be I mean, if I'm going to be real, he's been the best line linebacker on the team this year in totality. And that's not a shot at Fred Warner. I just think Aziz is having a really good year. Yeah. And I think that Fred is rounding into form. This is yeah. no disrespect whatsoever towards Fred Warner.
1: I think he's going to come back also with a, with definitely not, not a chip on his shoulder. Cause you know, he's already gotten paid and, but he's, he's, I don't think he's happy with his play. And I think he also oh, takes some weight off of Aziz also when he comes back. Right. So I, I expect, and I expect Fred to play this weekend, by the way, that's why so that, I. I expect him to play
0: for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I know one thing I wanted to say, so I don't think a lot of people know that uh, I know you do. So, Aziz came out in 2019. Uh, he was he was at FAU with Lane Kiffin and Chris Kiffin. And Chris Kiffen uh, was hired by the Niners in the offseason of 2019 as a pass rush specialist. So he had been and he had worked with um, Al Shire for a year. They were at FAU together. And if y'all remember, that's the same year that Dre Greenlaw was uh we drafted him in the fifth round. Yeah. So uh it was Kiffin or not Kiffin. it was Alshire who goes undrafted. Uh Dr- Greenlock gets drafted in the fifth round, and Chris Kiffin convinced the Niners to to hire to sign um Al Shire. Now, I'm not sure if you guys remember who was on that roster in 2019, but it was gonna be like a long shot at the time, it looked like for Al Shire to make the roster. I mean, Fred Warner was here. We had just given Quan Alexander $54 million over four years. Uh, obviously, Drake Greenlaw was just signed. And no disrespect to Malcolm Smith, who was a former MVP in the Super Bowl with the Seahawks. That man was on the team, too. Yeah. But Al Shire still made the team. And actually, it was Malcolm Smith of all the linebackers who was cut before that season started. So, yeah, I just wanted to say shout out to Al Shire for working hard. Um, I know that he grew up a Ravens fan and. He drew a lot of inspiration, said that his uh, favorite player was Ray Lewis growing up. So shout out to him for having that personality, the mentality and the drive that who cares about where you were drafted? If you were undrafted, the man put in work. So shout out to Al Shire. Just wanted to shout him out on that. Yeah, I think we got a yeah, we got a contribution here. That's my brother right there. He says someone on Twitter said there's no way Kyle Shanahan wants to keep starting Jimmy. The Orcs are making him start, Jimmy, and I kind of believe it. Watching Kyle's displeasure is a telling story. Yeah, I mean, you definitely think that Kyle wants more from his quarterback, right? Jimmy makes a couple plays here and there that would, you know, piss off any quarterback. Things happen, and I think that's probably what the Niners got tired with as a whole. And like I said a a little bit ago, that's why you make the trade up to three to get a guy that you think, Can make those extra plays and also outside of structure, make some plays when things aren't perfect as well, too. So, yeah, just in 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 regards to this comment, I definitely think that Kyle is looking for a little bit more. Um, Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, 100
1: percent. He's definitely uh, the QB thing is weird still to me. Again, the, the conspiracy theorist in me tells me. Outside looking in, I it's hard for me to believe that Trey might have really, really, really been Kyle's guy just mm. based off the fact of how you know how he's doesn't see he doesn't seem to be itching and scratching to get him in the game because yeah, if that were the case, Jimmy's given him every single opportunity to do that this season. Jimmy was right. nine and three, eight and four, not playing at a pro bowl level because he'll never be a pro bowler, but as far as just being competent and, you know, not throwing the ball over and just playing really, really, you know, sound football. Mm-hmm. Then, I, then I could see, you know, okay, well, maybe we got to chill on this, uh, you know, all this trade talk. But that's not the case. So – Fair. And we've seen just how displeased Kyle is, it, you know, just – Right like, there. Literally, like we've seen it. You right know, there. We've seen it on the TV. We've seen how this – you know, he's letting us all know just how – Displeased he is with Jimmy um, in the moment. So the quotes that have
0: been used so much. This is not even a simple quotes. shit. We, Can you do just, it? You know, we and we've see seen it covering right, the face. face.
1: Right, he tries to cover his face, but him. we all see the the vein in his neck when he's, uh, <laughs> you know when he's screaming at Jimmy after another bonehead INT. So right, you know. With that said, um, it's weird. I, I still can't figure it out. I I wouldn't say, if anything, I would think it was the other way around that <laughs> Kyle is wanting to still start Jimmy and the Yorks and the front office once wanted Trey. Um mm. so but again I still can't figure it out for the life of me. I other than right. the only thing I do know is what I do know for a fact is Kyle isn't throwing a season. He has too many players that are on one years, too many guys he's went to battle with, too many guys he actually cares about personally to just be like, absolutely, just throw a season. And I don't care. I still believe he genuinely believes his best chance of winning is with Jimmy Garoppolo, 100%. Sure, I
0: That's honestly I did. agree he with you on that. And
1: that. Trey's not ready. He always and, and and he said that verbatim. Like he always said, you'll know
0: when Trey's ready because he'll right. play. Period. Right. Point blank, you'll you'll know. Croc said it best, and it actually made me think about this. He said, "If you would have told Kyle Shanahan at the beginning of the year that you were going to be six and six at this point of the season, what would you have done? Would you have started the rookie?" And that has me thinking. I've still been thinking about that since I think he said that on what is today Wednesday. He said that I think Monday. I've been thinking about it since then. If we were, if we knew we were going to be six and six, would he still play? Jimmy or would he play Trey? And what I've kind of come to is because this division – not this division. Because the NFC has been so competitive, I'll say that. I'll be nice. It's been so competitive that there's a lot of teams still fighting for playoff positioning and the fact that we're still in the playoffs, I tend to believe that he would still play Jimmy Garoppolo because we're still currently in the playoffs. And Kyle has continued to tell us that if we weren't in the playoff conversation, he would then play the rookies. Now, does that mean it's the same thing for Trey? That it is for any of the other rookies? No, I'm not necessarily saying that. What I am saying is because we're still fighting for a playoff spot, I think in that regard, Kyle probably thinks that Jimmy does give him the best chance to win. Do do we all agree with that? No, not everybody agrees with that. Some people do. Some people don't. I tend to think that we'd be more explosive with Trey, and the fact that Trey can make plays happen with his legs gives him a little extra leeway that Jimmy Garoppolo just never will have. That's what happens when you're, you know, born athletically different. Those things happen. Um, yeah. but at the end of the day, right? You're a quarterback. You have to be able to execute the game plan. Can you throw the ball short? Can you or are you only hitting things deep? People have been questioning whether Trey has the ability or not the ability, whether he's learned the short game yet. I don't know if he would start Trey even at six and six. Your thoughts?
1: I mean, no. I still don't think. I, I just I, I just think he's not ready to. I also think that, and he alluded to this a little bit when, um, you know, when they asked him pretty much why is he scrapped, you know, the two quarterback system thing. Well, yeah. well, well you know, there's different fronts and I wasn't, you know, this, the defense is going to be different looks. and I wasn't really prepared for that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't think that, I think his playbook is going to look so different next year with Trey. Oh, yeah. It's going to you think it'll be more role. power runs and stuff? Nah, not just power runs. It's just going to be – it's it's not necessarily just power runs. It's going to be a lot of naked. It's going to be more – he's going to get back to, like, his boots. A lot yeah. of the things that he doesn't trust Jimmy to even do right now in turning yeah. it back to the defense. So it's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a lot of that. Um, Obviously, he's going, to, he's going to be able to implement his own read a lot better, but more – he'll have a more of a rhythm with it, which is what I don't think he was able to – ever able to establish while he was – bringing both quarterbacks in and out so um yeah that, that that's just how i feel about that situation like i just think his playbook's gonna look so much different and he's not i guess ready to make that transition yet mm-hmm. so yeah i mean
0: i think that's a fair point yeah yeah uh, yeah, so we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes. Let's go ahead and transition to the Bengals so we can close this show out for tonight. I want to thank you all again for sticking with us. We've got 52 people in here. Appreciate the time. Once again, this is Niner Talk. I am Jamal. This is my other co-host, Jasper. Thank you again so much for joining us tonight. Jasper, let's go ahead and transition to the Bengals. When you look at the Bengals, how do you view them? Do they do they confuse you? Because I look at that team and I don't know what to expect from them on a week to week basis. They shown me so much, but yeah. they're young. Yeah. So my question is, with this team, what are you expecting out of them? And do you think any of their game plan changes due to the possible injury to or not possible due to the injury of Joe Burrow's finger? Is that going to play a factor? Give me your thoughts. No, I think he plays. I think
1: it'll just. We have to go into that game as if he's healthy, and of course, don't even think about none of that. I feel like Nixon's gonna play. Um, Yeah, yeah, they're a confusing young team, but as I mentioned earlier, man, they're a confusing young, hungry team. And when they're when you're young and hungry like that, like you're not really so much worried about, um, you know, you're not worried about you know, the past game, the last game that happened, you're worried about just the next opponent, man. And as everybody is, but to a certain extent, I think, you know, with older teams and you can get, you can get caught up in your ways and there are no ways for them. They don't know nothing. So, you know, that's a very, very scary team. And, and I think right now, um, you know, uh, they look at us as probably somebody, especially in the secondary where we're wounded and we're we're lacking and they feel like that's an area they can exploit us. So that's a very, you know, that's a very, very dangerous team. You know, we've we've seen what they've done to um, you know, some really good established teams like Pittsburgh and the Ravens now, although they are in their division and, you know, they feel like they have not a leg on them, but like, they just feel like, okay, like that's, you know, that's a team we see twice. You know, we, we we know pretty much have a good idea of what they're going to do coming into the game. Um, so we we they've gotten the best out of both of those teams and, you know, both really, really well coached teams. So um, with that said, this team is is not a juggernaut by any means. They can be beat. Uh, right. they're very, they've been very up and down, much like the Niners have this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have found ways to beat themselves. They have found ways to turn the ball over, just like they did this past Sunday against uh, the Chargers. The Chargers, and, right. Yeah, and the Chargers were very opportunistic, uh, you know, on some of those turnovers. And, um, you know, that game got out of hand in the beginning, and then they came back, made came a game. right big, back and, in, right. And then Right, but then the Chargers ran away with it again. So, um, you know, it's going to be a very – That's why they confuse me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is going to be a very interesting game, man. Um, but I, I, I like the Niners in the sense of, you know – it's a lot of people don't like the Niners coming into this game, which is another reason why I like the Niners. Because just when you think, you know, you either not have given up on them, but like just when you think, like, okay, this is a game they, they can't possibly win. This game, they're not gonna right. Uh, then so, they do something something crazy, right? So I mean, I I just have a funny feeling the Niners are going to again have offensively at least have a, uh, a an offensive game plan that's gonna. Center around not turning the ball over, not letting Jimmy yeah. do a lot of the things that can get him into trouble. Um, yeah, yeah. with that said, though, then there's also like still the part where Jimmy can still be Jimmy regardless sure. of the game plan. So, um, well, do you think, think they're, they're gonna like, stop our run? Do
0: you think they have the I don't want to say the ability, it do you think they they will?
1: And, and it just depends who's their person. If we have Elijah, if we have a health, semi healthy Elijah Mitchell. Um, I, I think he's still. Um, forces you to honor the run enough where they can get it going enough to still be able to work some of their play action and hit some of those crossers they like to hit. That'll be big. Right, right. Um, um, but without Elijah Mitchell, yeah, then it that swings everything. It'll be really, really tough then to see how they'll even attack them uh, defensively because they're pretty banged up as well as, as in their linebacker core as well as their secondaries. Uh, I want to say they're without their top corner as well this week. Um, oh, is he uh, out? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I believe he's. I didn't already. even know that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading one of their, I was in one of their, uh, um, communities, uh, Bleacher Report communities, and, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much one of the things that they're worried about along with our defensive line versus their also banged up offensive line. So, right. right. It's going to come down to one of those, 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 those games. You know, it's, it, anything could happen, man. It's, it's the rare, uh, it's the rare East Coast one o'clock start game, too. Right. right? <laughs> so, whatever that means, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, yeah, man, yeah, we are gonna need a lot of Kittle next week, yeah. The, we are weekend. It's gonna be. He's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna need that exact performance, but it's. We're definitely gonna need him. He's got to gotta be involved.
0: You would think, 100%. right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm still confused about what I should expect from this team. Just because I know there's a lot of. I don't even know the word for it. A lot of things have to happen. A lot of things have to go right. I, qu- I have a lot of questions in my head, in my head I, guess, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. What kind of Joe Burrow are we going to get? Uh, what is going to be their offensive focus? Are they going to throw the ball 30 times because they like the matchup of their receivers versus our corners? Or are they going to say, hey, Joe Mixon, I need you to go for th- uh, 30 carries today and 100 yards. Now, I really think it's honestly going to come down to, to Joe Burrow's pinky. If he can throw the ball well, I think they'll probably try to attack us that way. I did also watch this past uh, the game versus the Chargers as well, too. And he was still delivering the ball, but it definitely took some steam off of it. And I already don't think he has the strongest arm. Now, I don't think it's super weak or anything like that. I think he's got a, a very good enough arm. But the question is, will it be a nice spiral? Is he practicing throughout this week? I'm honestly not sure. Is he going to take some time off? For me, the biggest question in this game, if you can't tell by the way I'm talking, is Joe Burrow. I think the Niners have done a great job over the past month, really, against the run. That doesn't mean I don't fear Joe Mixon because I still think he's a really good back. And I actually think he's having an underrated year. He's having a really good year. But my question, my question is, what kind of Joe Burrow are we going to see? If he comes out and throws 30, 30 times and is able to take advantage of our secondary, then I don't necessarily love the matchup. I don't necessarily think there's really going to be anyone that can guard Jamar Chase. And I still think that Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd is going to have, I don't want to say have his way. I think he'll have a couple of good catches as well, though, too. Yeah. And then yeah. T. Higgins in the red zone. If they get to the red zone, I expect T. Higgins, if he doesn't get touchdowns, he's definitely going to get his opportunities. Yeah. I'm not really too worried about us on offense. I think that we'll have the ability to move the ball, but I do also respect the guys that they have on their team. I think Jesse Bates, Bates is a really good safety. I believe Von Bell is a very good complimentary safety for him as well, too. I believe he's a willing tackler. Um, I know you just said Awuzie went down. I forgot who their other corner is. I was just looking the other day. So I respect. I respect the Bengals. I'm almost not even ready to say a score prediction, but I do think that it would be good for us to give a score prediction here today before we close up.
1: <laughs> Are you oh, willing no. to say
0: it yet? <laughs> uh,
1: no, fuck no. Yeah. I don't, not do willing? I don't do score predictions at all. I told you, man, <laughs> I'm like by the book, like when it comes to superstition and just, I
0: just, yeah, I don't nah, I don't, <laughs> do, that. I don't do that at all. All right. Well, what we'll do, we'll end it with this. We'll end it with a beat Cincinnati. Uh, where'd the other one go? I saw bang, bang, Main. Yeah. And uh, go ahead, oh, play. Go it. ahead, play. We're getting ready for Cincinnati. That part, man. We ready for Cincinnati. <laughs> hey, just want to say thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. Be sure to keep tuning in with us on Wednesdays, six p.m. every Wednesday. We're bringing you the latest Niners content. It's been fun. Uh Jasper, any last comments before we get out of here, man?
1: No, man. Let's. uh Let's keep it rolling, man. I'm uh it happy. Yeah. This this I think this went well and hope yes, y'all enjoyed. Hope y'all enjoyed.
0: Uh yeah. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. See you in here, Pinor, Mariah. See some of my homies in here, man. Appreciate having y'all in here. Uh we'll catch y'all next Wednesday. Y'all take it easy. Peace.